Hey guys, welcome back to the Father's House Podcast. This week, Pastor Mike Cisneros really opened up with us with a story from his past where he showed us how he learned to find his value. It was a really good story, really good sermon. Hope you guys enjoy. Have a great week. church been a few weeks but man I'm telling you I'm honored to have Pastor Faith here on our preaching team she did an amazing job last week what an incredible word you know and I I need people to know as well that like she's not just gonna preach here when I'm sick or when I'm out of town she's one of our pastors here and she's gifted and anointed to teach so she's gonna be preaching and teaching on a regular basis not she's not a fill-in okay amen Amen. Let me share what David Wagner said just so I can maybe step on a toes and I love you. David Wagner said something really powerful. He said, don't let your preference become a prejudice that keeps you from promise. Let me say it again. Don't let your preference, a.k.a. the worship music, your worship styles, who's preaching, who's not preaching. Don't let your preference become a prejudice that will keep you from promise, a.k.a. that will keep you from receiving something that morning that God is actually trying to give you. That's that's a really good word. I wish I came up with it myself. I didn't. David Wagner is amazing. Um, This morning, um, we started our freedom groups um, so happy, so so proud of everybody that signed up. And all the people who didn't sign up, I'm proud of you too. I love you the same. We're going to do this more often. Maybe some of you are just not ready. And we'll have them again. So... No pressure's gonna be really good. It's already so good. And so I felt this morning, there's an opportunity this morning as we're stepping into freedom or stepping into vulnerability. I felt the Lord uh, tell me to share uh, about a specific encounter that I had with him a few weeks ago between me and Jesus. So I'm gonna uh, take a risk this morning of putting myself out there to invite you into some insecurities in my own life. And if you don't have insecurities in your own life, you're lying. You're lying. It's okay. It's okay. You're a liar. We know where liars go. Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And I felt the Lord just say, so in the past, I've accidentally become just done religious stuff. God will say, hey, Mike, just do this one thing on Sunday morning. And I'm like, well, God, don't I have to have like an introduction and, and, and put it all together? And then I have to, you know, I got to have a, I got to preach a certain way. I went to homiletics class. I did hermeneutics. And God's like, no, I just want you to do that one thing, actually. I'm like, what if the service, what if it's only 10 minutes long? God's just like, hey, just do what I say. Amen. So I pray for me that I just do what the Lord asked me to do this morning and not just preach a sermon around something that he didn't ask me to preach about. Amen. Let me explain what I'm saying. On Father's Day a few years ago, the Lord told me to have all the dads come down front and do a father's blessing on their kids and grandkids. That's all the Lord told me to do. But somehow I preached for 40 minutes before that and then did it. And then the Lord was like, oh, why'd you, why'd you do that for? Because when we did that father's blessing, that was, it was awesome. It was amazing. And the Lord was like, oh, why'd you preach? I'm like, that's a good question. And we'll get into that, that question this morning, that answer. So let's pray. so quiet in here. Jesus, we love you. 
We say thank you. I thank you, Lord, um, that you made a way for me personally to enter the holy place. That you made a way by your blood, God. We can all approach your throne this morning with confidence, Lord of what you've done, Jesus. So Lord, I just pray that you would use me this morning. Like that song, God, I sang it this morning. God, I'm just, I'm available this morning. I'm available that you would use me because you're so gracious and so kind. Father, that you would speak to your people this morning and you would change lives this morning, that you would change thought patterns like the patterns, like that song that says you're melting old mindsets like the sun against the snow. God, I thank you for renewing the mind of your people. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Lift up your hands like this to receive. Just pray this prayer after me. Jesus, I receive everything that's from you. Amen. See, that wasn't scary. Some of you didn't do it. You're like, what are they doing here? Is this place a cult or what's going on here? No, 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 not a cult. Um, so anyways, um, I felt the Lord say, I'm just going to take you into this, this struggle that I personally have, okay? I felt the Lord told me to do this this morning, so that's what I'm going to do. So I don't know about you, and this might not be you, but if it isn't, it's okay. You probably know someone like this, or it might be you, and you're just in denial. We'll see. And so the reality is I, I, I struggle personally with this thought of like, I always need to do more, right? Like, I need to read my Bible more. I need to pray more. Like, in a sense, like, I'm never doing enough for God, or I'm never doing enough, period, and, and really what it's coming down to is this question of, like, where am I really getting my value from? Like, where is my value coming from? And I, I struggle with anxiety with things because, really, I'm struggling with getting my value from things if they don't go the right way or not. And so I'm, I had this encounter a few weeks ago when I did this thing called identity coaching, which is like a Holy Spirit counseling session. Come on, somebody. If you're going to go to counseling, might as well be a Holy Spirit-filled person, amen? And it was this identity coaching and just knowing who I am in Christ and these struggles that I have. And I was just being vulnerable with this lady. And I'm going to take you guys into this this morning. And I was like, man, I just struggle with this. Like, man, I'm not doing enough. And then really inviting the Lord to speak to me and the Holy Spirit to come in and ask him, what is this lie that I'm believing about myself? And the Lord showed me, it's simply that, Mikey, is that you're not good enough. Or simply that you're not enough, period. And, and, and the reason why you're constantly wanting to accomplish things is to prove that you're enough. And I'm like, man. And so I go, um, I have this encounter with Jesus where this lady, we just start to pray. And you know the Bible says uh, that uh, old man will dream dreams and young man will see visions? This is biblical. So the Lord takes me, I'm in my office, and I'm in this prayer moment with God, and I'm just, I'm talking to God. How many of you know this is prayer I'm doing, right? I'm just talking to him, and I'm saying, God, I, I struggle with this. Show me where this comes from. Show me this root, if you will. You hear us talk about this all the time, about root. Like, if you struggle with anger, that's fruit. That's not a root, right? The, the anger is a fruit probably of a lot of things, of rejection, of hurt, of unforgiveness, or whatever it could be. And the reality is we want to get to these roots. So I'm praying, and I'm saying, God, like, show me. Like, why do I just struggle with uh, even worried about what I'm preaching and da 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 da, just like man. And the Lord's just showing me. It's just like because you're you're looking for approval, 
from people. And I'm like, well, God, I don't want the praise of people. He's like, you're right. You don't want to be praised, but you, you do need people's approval. To prove to myself that, man, I'm enough. And the reality is, a lot of us, if you don't value yourself, listen to me this morning. If you don't value yourself like I didn't when I was in high school, I, I was a victim. If, listen to me. If you want to play the victim card, you can play the victim card. You're just going to ruin your own life even more. I could go back to back with people about being a victim, and I'll talk a little bit more about it. But the reality is... If you're, you're basically saying, by like, I'm going to throw my life away. I'm going to do drugs. I'm going to have sex before marriage, whatever. You're basically saying, I have no value. I am not worth anything, so I'm just throwing my life away. I have no value. But here's the catch to this as well. A lot of people, including myself and people in this room, you are really successful. Maybe you've never been a drug addict. Maybe you've never been... Uh, into jail before, but you are, you are so successful, you're really responsible, you, you always held a job, and, and you always did good in college, and you did all of these things to actually prove that you're enough, that you're a really good business owner, and you're really put together, but it's actually not coming from a humble place, it's coming from a place of trying to prove yourself that I'm good enough. Am I speaking to somebody in this room this morning? Because it, it can look like the drug addict has it all screwed up, but you can see the most put-together people, the haughty people that are still struggling with the same root. My value comes from all my kids got straight-A students. Your value cannot come from your kids. Your value cannot come from your spouse. Your value does not come from how successful your business is or unsuccessful it is. It cannot come from, if it comes from those things, that's a, it's a big risk you're willing to take. I don't know about you, but me and Maddie don't always get along. I was some people, oh my God, Pastor. Oh, really? Yes. Really. It's because and here's the reality though. There's never a time I have to make sure that Maddie is not giving me the value that only Jesus can give me. So I tell this a bunch of times, or you know, Carter, my oldest son, could come home and say, Dad, I hate you. And I can say, well, that sucks because Jesus loves me. I'm actually not needing, I'm not needing approval from you. And let's look at Jesus for just a moment. Jesus, in Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And it says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son. He basically, God, his father was saying, you're my son. I've placed value on you. I'm the one that tells you who you are. I'm the one that loves you. And he's saying, and listen, this is a pretty cool verse I found the other day. John 5, verse 41. It's the NLT. This is Jesus speaking. Look at this. John 5, verse 41. Your approval means nothing to me. Wow. Jesus was approved by his father. And he was saying, I, I don't need the approval of people. I'm here just to give. I'm here just to serve. I'm here to give you value. I'm not trying to get something from you. But if you're like me, there's this thing where we feel like, well, I gotta earn it. I gotta earn this thing. Even after I get saved, and even though you saved me at my worst, you know, I gotta earn this thing. 
And it's so cool to see that, like, think about this for a moment. Jesus wasn't receiving approval from people. And, and how cool that works out is that's what made Jesus available to be on the cross dying and being killed by the same people and saying, God, forgive them. You won't be able to forgive people. Listen to this. We wait years to forgive people. And Jesus was forgiving them while they were nailing him. Why? Because he doesn't need their approval. Isn't that amazing? That's so good. That makes me feel really good. And so I, was, uh, I had this time. Um, so I had this prayer time with the Lord. Some of you are thinking, this is weird. That's fine. How many of you know this is a, our, our God is a supernatural God? Just, just go read the Bible. You believe some crazy stuff if you believe the Bible. You believe in Noah's Ark. You believe in chariots of fire that came down from heaven and picked up someone and took them to heaven. We believe some wild stuff, so just bear with me for a moment. And I'm in my office, and I'm having this, this time of prayer with the Lord, and I'm saying, God, what is this? What, what is this? And, and this lady says, well, let's ask the Holy Spirit where this first thought came in that you're not enough. This, this root that makes you want to achieve constantly and always uh, is unsatisfied, like you're never doing enough. Now, granted to me, listen to me, there is a healthy place of understanding conviction that you need to read your Bible more. There is a healthy place of conviction that you do need to start talking to your wife differently. There's a healthy place of conviction that I do need to grow up in the Lord, but not so that I get value from it. I love him because he first love me i'm not earning his love by reading my bible more by doing more things for him does that make sense so it's this balance of like yes i need to be convicted to grow but not from this orphan-minded place that i'm trying to get god's attention please god love me i read my bible again this morning god you accept me now he's like what when you were yet a sinner michael i died for you Romans 5, 8, right? At your worst place, when you had nothing to offer me whatsoever, that's when I came for you. Isn't that good news? <laughs> that's really good news. Come on. Passionate love for us. By dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. So I'm having this moment with the Lord. And this lady says, um, let's ask the Holy Spirit where that first thought came in. Of you're not good enough. And the Lord immediately showed me something. The Lord immediately took me back to when I was in Good Shepherd Christian School 20-something years ago. And we lived at the Daniel Patino shelter because we were in a bad situation from a whole other story, okay? And we're, we're at the Daniel Patino shelter. The Lord immediately took me back to this memory I have. And I was pulling up to the side door of the Patino shelter. And, and I remember one, his, his kid's name was Michael as well. And his mom was giving me a ride home from something we were doing at the school. And I remember us pulling up to the Patino shelter. And I remember him asking. I think I was in second grade. And I remember him asking, what is this place? And I remember in that moment right there, this is shame. And just all this stuff just hit me. And I remember even saying to him, like, it's a shelter. We're not going to be here long. And I remember his mom being like, shh. Like, hey, shut up. Like, don't bring it up. And they were really sweet. He was just two years old. Like, what's what going on? He didn't understand. And so I'm in this prayer moment with Jesus. 
And, and I'm like, man. And then this lady says, why don't you see? And I'm sitting here, I have my eyes closed. I'm like, man, I'm just remembering this moment like it was yesterday. This root of like, man, I'm not enough. I gotta, I'm gonna, I gotta be something. I gotta prove myself. I gotta do something to prove myself. And I remember this lady in this prayer moment, she said, well, why don't you look around? Close your eyes, Mike. Look around and see if Jesus is there. I said, this is too much for you. I'm sorry. You're at a charismatic church. And listen, and I, I, I'm, in, I'm just in the spirit in my room and, and the vision between me and Jesus. And, and I, I look and I see Jesus and he's opening the door of the car. And he's sitting there and it's like, he's basically telling me like, I live here, I live there with you. And I'm like, man, but here's the good part. You ready? We can be real with God. And he's not intimidated. So even as he's showing me that he's there and he's healing stuff, that he was with me even in those moments as a kid, that he never left my family. And he's showing me uh, in that moment, though, but still in my, my second grade still, I'm still upset. Right? So I look at Jesus and I say to him, but, but why? Why haven't you protected us? Why haven't you done this? I was just, you know what I mean? And I, even in this moment, I'm like, in that moment, I was just like, Jesus, but why, why did you allow this to happen? You could have changed this. And then the Lord just began to heal that. And he began to show me that, Michael, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't God's fault. Right? And it wasn't my mom's fault. I just want to make that very clear. It's definitely not her fault. But at this moment, I'm like, Jesus, but why, why, why? And then he just shows me, hey. It wasn't on me. And in that moment, he's healing the relationship between me and him. I'm like, man. You know what that, when I mean healing the relationship between me and God, I mean trusting him. How many of you know we can all be real this morning and sometimes we can all say, oh, I trust God. No, we don't. Can we be real? We say, just give it to God, brother. And I remember the Lord just healing this moment and saying, oh, Mike. And then he started to show me, Mike, I cause all things to work for your good. And I'm, I'm even going to use this moment in second grade. I'm going to use it for your good. And the Lord started healing it even more. And, and then we went to this prayer moment. This is wild, I'm telling you. This, is, this stuff, this marked my life. And this is three weeks ago. And we're in there, and she says, well, how did you feel in that moment? I'm like, I felt like an orphan. I felt rejected. I felt alone. I felt fatherless. And then she said, well, why don't you ask Jesus what he wants to say? And just, the scripture came to mind, uh, I'm a father to the fatherless. And I was like, man, oh, man, you really are. This is the father's house. And I'm the pastor of it. And I'm struggling with believing that you're actually that father when I was a kid. And then actually, let's take it even further. I'm still struggling with believing it now. Not that he's my dad, but simply that he, he's going to provide for me and my family. That he's going to protect me and my family. The attributes of a father. I'm still struggling with some of these. The affirmation of the father. I'm still struggling with some of these. And then I'm there, and the Lord's like showing me like, man, Mike. I love you. And he's like, I'm a follower to the fatherless. You don't have to be an orphan. And he's just healing that stuff in my heart. And then it gets pretty wild. And she's like, once you ask what Jesus wants to give you in an exchange for that 
orphan-minded and that rejection and all of that stuff. And I'm telling you, in my office, I felt the Lord literally just up with his hand. And it was in that moment at the Patino shelter. And the Lord gave me this blue ribbon. And, and it said first place on it. And I'm sitting there, and he puts it on me. And this is exactly what he said. And this might sound cheesy, but this is a, to a second grader, right? And he says, you're my little winner. And he says, and we win, and you're going to help other people win. And I'm like, but listen to me. In this moment still, because I still struggle with this thought of like, I got I to gotta work for it. And then I say to Jesus, back to him, when he gives me the ribbon, I say to him, but I didn't earn it. In this prayer moment, I'm still struggling. I'm saying, but God, I didn't earn this ribbon. I didn't get first place in anything. <laughs> right? And he's like, that's the whole point of the gospel. That I place this value on you that you've never earned and you can't earn. And you're just supposed to enjoy it and receive it by faith. And it doesn't make sense, and it sounds scandalous, it sounds crazy, it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. And I'm sitting there in this moment, Jesus gives me a ribbon, and he puts it on my chest, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. And I just put this value, but, but I want you to hear what I'm saying this morning. Even though he gave me that, I was still struggling with like, I don't earn it though, God. God is, you notice what he never did in this prayer moment? He never said, that's the wrong way to think. Yeah, that's a sinful thought. He just gently corrected. It's okay, son. This is the point of the gospel. I'm a father to the fatherless. I work all things for your good. I give you value when no one else does. No one else can. But here's the thing, Mike. You have to place your value in, in this ribbon. And don't let anybody take it from you. So... The Lord is just, I get just absolutely undone. I come home. I mean, I'm just a crying baby from this random lady on a Zoom call. (laughs) I don't don't care. I really don't. I'm just like, I just want Jesus. If if this is from you, I want it. And you can can discern. You might think, well, this is a weird story, but you, you have your own discernment. Do as you want with it. And I remember... I went to a conference a few days later, and I was with, the, with Chris Donald, who will be with here, be here October 2nd, and I remember I have this polo bag, polo Ralph Lauren bag, and uh, you notice how I said the whole name, so I'm proud of it, <laughs> and I actually won it from, here's my, my guilt coming in right there, I didn't buy it, <laughs> I won it from a thing at Macy's. But I always travel with just that bag, because it's pretty dope, honestly. For you older people, that means really cool, (laughs) really swell, awesome thing. Tip, there you go. It's a real hip thing. (laughs) And I remember um, the Lord, uh, I'm sitting with them on the front row, and how, how many of you know that the enemy's whole job is to try to rip off that ribbon and get me to place my value from that ribbon on something else. And I'm sitting there. I remember I'm walking out of the uh, man, I'm walking out of the elevator, 
and I have my polo bag. Card knows what I'm talking about. And it has the, the horse, like a gold horse. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's on, it's, on, uh, it's on one of the sides of the bag, okay? So you know I got to turn the bag around. You know what I'm saying? To make sure, you know, and, and, and the people see it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me try to put this all on me. It, it, listen, uh, it, you, it might not be a polo back from you. It could be a million other things. It could be that you give prophetic words. It could be that you're the more spiritual person. It could be that you're, you want to get on the platform. It could be that you lead a great small group. Whatever it could be, it's the devil's trying to trick you into placing your value in those things. And I'm sitting here, and I'm walking out of the uh, elevator, and I turn my bag around, and immediately the Lord's soft voice, he said, no, 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 Mike, the ribbon. How many of you know that it was still my choice and still is my choice right now whether to be conscious of the ribbon or to take it off and let it be the bag or whatever else? Whether, whether it be, listen to me, I like watches. The Lord has to, I put this watch on this morning thinking, no, 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 this ribbon. How well I preach from this pulpit. No, no, no. And I'm telling you, it's been a beautiful thing because every single morning on Sunday morning, every time I'm going to get up to do anything, I literally have this, this impartation of value and I have my ribbon on before I walk on the stage and the Lord's trying to tell me, it doesn't matter how well you do today, your value comes from this ribbon. But I have to remind myself. It's not about how good my group's going to go tonight, where my value's going to come from. It's not about how prophetic I'm going to be. It's not about how my business is going to succeed. It's not about how my marriage is going to succeed. It's going to come from this ribbon. It's not going to come from you getting that raise and you always paying your bills on time and you've always been steady. And you, listen to this. You ready? It's not going to come from you tithing your whole life. Some of you have placed so much of your value because you don't cuss and you tithe. My goodness. Good for you. <laughs> Let me say this to you. The Bible says our works are as filthy rags to Jesus. That means basically he's saying it is a smack in the face for you to try to earn that value that I earned for you. He wants to remind you this morning he earned it. And he's the one that can give it. But he will allow you to place your value in other things. So a week later... We had Julian in. We're talking about reaching the city. We're talking about, you know, seeing God move in our city. And how many of you know, I believe God has answers and solutions to every problem our city has. And I believe actually he wants to use us to collaborate to actually change the problems in the city. Not just more church services. And I'm, I say, you know what, I'm going to go meet with Harry Pedigo. Because I feel like he's boots on the ground guy in the city like he's in charge of the St. Benedict's he's recently in charge of the Daniel Patino shelter and he's in charge of all like a few other homeless shelters and he has whole palms all these different transitional houses and I'm like this guy is literally dealing with the addicted and afflicted and the problems in our city I'm gonna go meet with him I'm gonna see you know I'm gonna pick his brain a little bit about what is some of the biggest needs in our city and I'll talk about this at another time but here's what's crazy this is like four days later from me having this prayer time with Jesus I find myself meeting with the guy who actually runs the Patino shelter. And then I share with them, I'm like, hey, fun fact. 
I used to live there. And then his wheels start turning, and he's like, hey, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you tell people that? I'm like, I don't just not tell people that. I mean, I just don't go around and say, hey, my name's Mike. I used to live in a homeless shelter when I was in second grade. <laughs> what's, your, what's your biggest problems in your life? Um, and I sit with him, and he says, man, this, sounds, this might sound crazy. He said, but I'm shooting a commercial for our website next week. Will you be on it and tell your story from a kid's perspective? And I'm like, well, are you sure? <laughs> it ain't going to be the greatest thing, but, I, you, know, I, I, you know, they do a lot of good there. But from a kid's perspective, as Russell. The next few days, guys, I literally pull up in the driveway on the right side, and I literally am entering that same door. <sighs> and I'm, like, trying not to cry be weird and I'm just walking around that place and I get to share just my testimony of you know what God can do what God can don't don't overlook the people at the patino shelter amen one of them might be your pastor one day we don't that's actually how God works that's actually how he does things but the religious spirit wants to say like oh no 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 come on man Jesus said, if things have done, you will do greater things than these. We should be expecting God to raise up some of the most powerful people in the kingdom of heaven from the shelter. Hmm. Lord, help us. And I get to walk in there, guys. And guess what I get to do, guys? I get to walk in this side door with my ribbon on. And I get this value. Guess what? I get this value that Jesus was trying to give me back then, actually. I was so worried about just not going to hell. I don't know about you. I get saved every Sunday, right? Instead of realizing that, you know, Jesus wasn't just offering me a get-out-of-hell-free card. He was offering me an eternal value. The Bible says we were not bought with perishable things such as gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come on. He spent his blood on you. That's pretty valuable. How many of you think Jesus' blood is valuable? Oh, he spent it on you. That's pretty amazing. Here we are trying to gain value from other things. So I'm walking in this place. I got my ribbon on. And then uh, we got to go up to our old room where we stayed. And they filmed me going. They were like, let's film him walking up there. And I got to literally go up to where we were and just had my ribbon on, and I was like, man, this is wild. I just had this crazy moment with Jesus a week ago about this place, and here I am. So, every day I get to wake up, and I get to do things for God in his grace and his kindness, but I don't get to do it for to receive his love. I get to do it from a place of already receiving his love. Isn't that good, good news? And once again, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you don't have to do things. I'm not saying you don't need to grow up. I'm not saying you don't need to work on your marriage. I'm just saying you can't earn his grace. And you can't earn what he paid for. But we even sing songs about it, right? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. And then we struggle believing it.
right? Worship team, would you come? We're going to close. It's the earliest church service y'all ever had. If it's your first time here, this isn't that normal, just so you know. You know, last week I shared something with the team, and I want to share with you guys, too, something that Michael Miller said. He said, you know, we don't want to build churches that attract people. We want to build a church that attracts the Lord. I thought, man, that's a really good word. So if you're thinking, man, this worship at this church goes on too long, we just really feel like he's the main attraction. And we have this crazy thought that Jesus is enough. How many of y'all think that's probably a good good thought? Hey, man, will you stand to your feet? You know what's really cool is that you guys can clap when I preach and it's honoring, but I can still have my ribbon on. You know what I mean? I appreciate that. I really do. But it's like, man. Thank you, Lord. I pray that the power of this testimony, that it would hit you this morning. I pray that you all would receive value this morning from Jesus. Those who are already saved in this room, would you just close your eyes? Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me read some of these verses over you. First John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Romans 5, 8. But Christ provided God's passionate love for us by dying in our place, and we were still lost and ungodly. Ephesians 2, verse 8, for by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. God, I thank you for the verse that says as well that if we love you and focus on loving you, that we will keep your commands. So, Father, we say this morning that we focus on strengthening our relationship with you instead of worrying about being more disciplined. We strengthen our times of worship with you. Help us to just grow deeper in intimacy with you, God, because you accepted us at our worst place. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Another way that that could be put is that we that knew sin could become the ones who did not know righteousness. We could become righteous. Let us take on the testimony, the testimony of the Apostle John and in John 13, 23. It says, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Let us be like John. John had it right. I am the one he loves. Our prayer team come quickly.
Father, I just pray in this room, Holy Spirit, that you would just continue to minister to people right now. God, I pray even that testimony this morning, Lord, that you would place ribbons on people in this room in the name of Jesus. And you would remind them that their value comes from you and you alone. Jesus, you were the only one good enough. And we give you glory and honor and praise. With every eyes closed and head bowed, if you're here today and you can say, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want one of these ribbons. I want to repent of my sin. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I recognize I cannot earn it. I cannot be good enough for Him, but He was good enough. If you need to repent of your sin and turn away from your own way and give your life to Jesus, completely, fully surrender every bit of your life to Him. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand to heaven right now as high as you can. I see those hands. Anyone else? I need to give my life to Jesus. Keep it, keep it raised. Come on, don't be embarrassed. He wasn't embarrassed of us when he was hanging on that cross, naked and bleeding. We're not embarrassed in this room. Anyone else? I need to give my life to Jesus. Anyone else? And you know, I'm just going to ask you to do something bold this morning, guys. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I believe this is a moment for some of you guys to show that, listen, I'm not ashamed of this. And I'm not trying to shame you into this, but if you raised your hand, I want you to go ahead and leave your seat, and I want you to come down front. One of our prayer team would love to pray a prayer with you to give your heart to Jesus. If you got your hand raised, come on. If you're with somebody that has their hand raised, come on, come with them. And as they come, Lord, I want, church, I want you just to give praise to Jesus. Here they come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The prayer team, we'll walk them through that. We love you, Lord. We bless you. Come on, it's not a walk of shame. It's a walk of victory. It's a walk of value. It's an exchange that happens. Our filthiness for the Lord's grace and mercy. Anyone else this morning? I need to give my heart to Jesus. I know there was more raised hands. If you're a little too embarrassed, we love you. Come before you leave. When everybody, please come. Would you lift your hands? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, everybody in this room, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for that impartation this morning of heavenly value, Lord. Lord, we say you're worthy of all the praise. Everything you're doing here, God, we give you glory and honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Bless you guys. You're welcome to come for a prayer for anything else. If you need healing in your body, if you just need somebody to partner with you and pray for you, please come. Bless you guys. Have a good week.